Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham, that's excellent. Jude Bellingham, this is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent! Rina, brilliant from the American. Just like that. Not the best of clearances. Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Went in for Holland! Like he's never been away! The man in front of goal who is simply deadly. Hey, welcome to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out and listen, listening. If this is your first time, welcome. Uh, you can find us on all your preferred podcast sources and YouTube by searching the BVB podcast. Also on Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. You can reach us on uh, email too. If you want, if you want to go old school and send us a little email message at virtual virtual letter at. No, it's not at. I do it every single time. The BVBpod at gmail.com. Like I said, my name's Jake. Luckily, I'm not doing this on my own because I'm already struggling uh, about a minute in the podcast and Carver is with me. How are, you, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I just now noticed that jacket behind you. Is that is that new? Oh, yeah. This that's, is I got this during really nice. the, the sale when they were doing the sale. Uh, yeah, when yeah. I got my uh, sweater, which I wore when we were watching the game over the weekend and it was got a lot of compliments. Almost, I got some compliments, but a lot of questions like you wearing a sweater right now. Cause it was like 80 degrees <laughs> was, and we were yeah. outside. I was like, I, my, my shirt was dirty. I, this, yeah. I had to rock the sweater. <laughs> You're just yeah, soaked. It's, it's a nice reversible. Yeah. It looks uh, nice. Little, they, they only have the, the Dortmund logo on the yellow part, mm. not on the I, black side. I was wondering that as well. Actually, yeah. that would look cool if it would, had like the black I symbol know, with, with like the, the yellow black jerseys. Mm-hmm. I, I wore the, I rock the black side most cause yellow makes me look sickly cause I'm a very pale person. Yellow is not my color. Anyways, here. I know you can't see. Well, I I have posted this jacket multiple times on our Twitter. Mm. Mainly it's the photo of my dog wearing it. If you want to go check that out at the BVB pod. Um, yeah, it, it feels like it's been a while since we recorded because we had two games to watch. And uh, last episode, we we talked about Berkey, and that was all preliminary as far as we think we're getting this Berkey announcement for the MLS team in St. Louis. Um, so we had a big episode on that. We had a lot of new listeners from that, which is really cool. Um, and then we woke up the next day to the news pretty much. Um, and then we ha- also had a game that day, last mm-hmm. Wednesday. It was a crazy day. Um and I, I remember that day waking up. So first of all, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but I'm a big Australian rules football fan. And the season started for Aussie rules football. There are like, there's a 15 hour time difference from where we are in America. And so their season started. The first game of the season was at 3 a.m. So I did wake up and I watched that game at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. till about six. And then I went back to bed and I basically woke up to the Berkey news and I just pushed off my day job and everything because I was having to do much, so much tweeting and everything for the Berkey news. And then our unite the Dortmund U19s had their UEFA Youth League game at 10:30, and then Dortmund played at 12:30. And then I'm a Tottenham supporter, which I've mentioned before, and they played at 2:30. It was a nuts day, and I mean, somehow I got my work done in a somewhat timely <laughs> manner that day. But it was a nuts day, and. I don't know. That whole day felt like a week, but but yeah. with all that said, we we did have a Dortmund game that day. So that was they played uh, Mines mm-hmm. Mines that day. We had Colin over the weekend, so we're gonna of course recap those games. I just went on a rant just because I wanted to. What was me? I had a crazy day, but uh, <laughs> no. I mean that was all back to last week's episode. It was really cool to talk about Berkey. If you don't know, Carver and I uh, we're American. We live in St. Louis. 
Uh, so the Berkey news is pretty, pretty crazy, pretty wild. Um, yeah, I was skeptical even after seeing Fabrizio Romano tweets saying it looked like it was a deal pretty much done. I was still like, let's let's wait another at least twenty four hours and see. And that very next morning, St. Yeah. Louis City was making those announcements in the teaser trailers, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It's again an, a huge um, addition to the city and to the new team next year. We're, we'll easily have one of, if not the best, goalkeeper in the MLS in Roman Berkey. Yeah, I uh, that so that night too, the Wednesday night last. I, I remember my whole point of me going on that rant was <laughs> that Berkey was official. Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole the whole point of that story is Berkey was official. And then that Wednesday night, I also I'm part of a, a St. Louis soccer podcast called Flyover Footy. We also recorded an episode that night. So mm-hmm. it was just a pretty nonstop day. But they uh, one of our guys, his name's Matt. Uh, shout out Matt, Matt Baker for Flyover Footy. He's very like stats and detail oriented. and He knows all the rules about MLS and he kind of broke down Berkey stacks stats compared to uh, the top goalkeepers in MLS. And he's like, if you just look at the stats up front, he's going to be, he, he's right up there. He's level, if not better than the top MLS goalkeeper. Yeah. On paper and also in real life too. I mean, the man has competed in the champions league for a number of years. He's played at one of the best teams in the Bundesliga. And he was, in my opinion, at one time, one of the most, or arguably the most underrated keeper in Europe. Granted, he had a bit of a pretty big dip after that, but still very excited for him to come. Yeah, and then the good news for the Dortmund fans who uh, don't care about him coming to MLS or St. Louis City is he's going to be off the books. So that yeah. means <laughs> get him off the wage bill. Some money, some money open uh, for some player signings, hopefully this summer. Um, so yeah, I guess on all the uh, the quick Berkey recap. Now we we can jump into uh, the recap of the games. Uh, before since before we get into the game specifics, since we're coming off two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like the title race was on for a little bit. What What's your just overall thoughts? How are you feeling after the last two games? Oh, my God. I mean, Anton mentioned probably a month and a half back before the second leg against Rangers where he was a friend told him, like, is the title race on? And he's like, you tell me. I have no idea. And shit, we still don't know. Every other oh week, gosh. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. And then drop Byron drop, you know, uh, what was it, four points in two games? And it's like, well, and then we actually capitalized on those weekends. And it's like, is the title race back on? You'll get another massive win at Mainz, and I actually thought so. And then also the tie against Colm kind of gave us a pretty big reality check. So yeah, it it's just it's frustrating. And I before the Mainz game on our last episode, I talked about the game before was a like it just a we had to grind it out. Uh, like one one goal win, which we saw again, um, and I was like, it was kind of nice. It was nice to see like the solidity and the the just grinding through as a, like a, a real like kind of team performance to get get it done, which we saw again, which that was nice. Um, and it that gives me hope. Like that performance, people might say it was not a great performance, but to grind it out and and stay on top and get the win and not concede. Um, that gives me a little more hope. It's like maybe we can, maybe as, as we start maybe get players back. I don't know. We have more injuries again. But if players are coming back towards the end of the season, maybe we, we can grind out this season. But it's more, it's not, at this point, it's not up to us. It's up to Bayern Yeah, it's Bayern's collapsing. to lose. Yeah. So I, I don't have, I'm not that optimistic. But it's just going to be a, a, a nice bonus if if it happens but i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that it'll be a true miracle for sure but 
like you mentioned, I mean, before Cone, uh, we had just one goal conceded in our last five league games and two clean sheets in a row with that makeshift back four, which if you wanted to get into uh, just the lineups mm-hmm. about Mainz, but uh, again, an unchanged 11 from Bielefeld, this was going to be a much, much bigger ask than against Bielefeld. I mean, that was a huge challenge within itself, but you know, we were already making or asking a lot from that makeshift back four, and this is just an entirely different challenge. It's an entirely different team that's been in the top half of the table for what looked like most of this season. So it was it was pretty nerve wracking going into this one. Yeah. But, so the starting lineup we had um, Koble in goal, obviously uh, Paslak uh, back right. We had Chan and Pongracic as our uh, center backs, and Schultz on uh, fullback on the left. We had Dahoud and Witzel. And then Bellingham, Hazard, Wolf, and Malin up top. Um, and I mean, we've said so many times before that we're, we're such a strong attacking team. Obviously, that's been a little different with all the injuries, but w- this game was <laughs> reversed a little bit. We were way weaker. And just the overall performance is like our back line was surprisingly solid, and they held up, and they, they played better than like front line. Oh, yeah. Given how our back four looked on paper... You thought it was going to be, you know, arguably a bloodbath, but yeah, our back four was the stars of this game easily. The last two games, I think our defensive back four have been uh, better than our attack easily, which is something I thought I would never say on a Borussia Dortmund <laughs> podcast. That is uh, entirely shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, coming off the Bielefeld, going into the Bielefeld game last week, um, I remember thinking, everyone was thinking, oh, this is going to be a train wreck. We're going to get torn up in the back. And that's where the back line actually s- stepped up. We're like, oh, man, they, they look really good. And they did it again. So week after week, we didn't know if Paslak was going to get the start again. Um, he, he did. He was kind of rewarded for his efforts, even though... Which, I, which was surprising to see. Even yeah. though he played well, I was like, I can't guarantee he's going to get another start. And yeah. Wow. I know. And I mean, it. We, we don't have a lot of depth. So what are your real options? So, But I, I'm glad that he did get another chance, and he, he 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 played well again. I thought he did well again. Yeah, he's not the most technically brilliant player, but he's going to give his energy the whole 90 minutes every single game, and that whole back four had that kind of mentality this these entire two games, really. But you, you go into the first half, so outside of the back four, we looked like we couldn't complete a pass to save our goddamn life. You know, we had uh, similar struggles from the previous week, but... Um, we again, we just it was hard to get much of anything going fluidity wise, and I think I think Hazard is an entire ninety minutes in Mainz completed just fifty four percent of his passes, and before knowing that stat, even I was just watching him those first opening minutes, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it, he he's been rough to watch this this past season. Do you so just on the Hazard note? I know we we've been asked this multiple times. Uh, on Twitter and stuff, but how, and maybe we talked about it before, but how, I guess for next season, would you like to see him out the door or stick around? Cause push him out. And he, he's, he had like, I remember it was only like a couple games run, but I remember earlier in the season, there was a couple games or a few games where him and Bellingham were linking up like crazy. They like three, three combinations together. And he was looking decent. I don't know. He hasn't been performing consistently all season, but for next season, because it's not just about getting him out. He's a player who still plays. Even when we're healthy, he'll still get a run of games or come in on as a sub. So how, 
there's so many people we want to push out, but would you, I guess, would you rather, is it more of a liable, do we need to push him out or would you rather, I don't, I mixed up my question there. I don't know what I'm saying, <laughs> but, or, or keep him as a squad player because we still, if, if he goes, we have to bring someone in and I just don't know how likely that we bring in enough people to cover who yeah. we want to push out. Yeah, it's not as simple as having like a like-for-like, winger-for-winger. If he leaves, are we going to sign another winger of his ability? And it's a tough one, you know. He's only 28, so he's, in my opinion, should be entering his prime, his athletic prime, and uh, hopefully his football prime as well. But he's been really inconsistent in the last year or two. So, you know, you're looking at him thinking, like, maybe he's not good enough for the wages that he's on and for um, the level that we're demanding of him. But at the same time, you know, who are we going to go after right now? Because we are already very, very um, in desperate need for a winger. We're pretty bare in that position. So I don't really know if you got rid of him, you run the risk of not picking up another winger that's a true winger and can fill that hole because right now we're really lacking players out wide. Um, one potential solution, which I asked you on the weekend and then I didn't even realize, uh, but Knauf, who's been, mm-hmm. who's, um, on loan and has been starting and playing pretty well. A couple of matches ago, he was like player of the match. Um, yeah. He's been doing really well. And I thought he was going to come back next season, but his loan's a year and a half. I mean, I guess we, we have the option to recall that. but yeah, and, and we very well might uh, later in the fall if, you know, things are going awry. But yeah, I, I, again, especially if, if he's going to be out on loan, you're, again, you're looking at the bench for wingers and you can't really find much of anyone uh, outside of him that's going to be playing, you know, kind of on the left-hand position at times. So I I, th- I would personally try to keep him. Or, uh, oh, sorry. Hazard. Hazard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I do worry that with this season, like where, where we really need him to step up and be consistent with all the injuries and outs we've had and he hasn't been able to hit that consistent stride, that's yeah. what wears me a little bit. Um, and kind of makes me lean to getting him out. But if if you can't bring anyone in, I, it's like I, he can still do some good sometimes. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on yeah. Hazard. And we're also playing him out of position a lot because we're not only lacking any depth in the attacking wingers, or as attacking wingers, but also defensive wingers. I mean, you look at our fullbacks right now, and we have, I mean, there's a reason why Paslak was starting the last full ga- few games is because three of our right backs are injured right now. And, after yesterday, Paslak is also injured. So again, you have little to no depth in that position. So that's whenever you're going to have to start probably looking at uh, players like Chan to play kind of on the right, which if you want to get into Chan real quick, he's been, in my opinion, pretty phenomenal these past few weeks. Again, with the makeshift back fours that we've been having to put out on the field and for him to go out and organize the way he is. I mean, he's organizing players like Pongracic, Schultz, and Paslak. You have those three players aside of you, and you're getting two clean sheets in a row and making us look that solid defensively is very impressive. You cannot argue against that. But also as well, I mean, my God, how many times did he track back and save our asses? Uh, Anton Stack in the 15th minute. I know he broke our press kind of in our, or their third. And... um Vitzel wasn't going to be able to track it down because Vitzel's so damn slow. So Stack had that run that was like it looked like a good at least forty or fifty yard run, and Shan was all the way back sprinting and had that very crucial tackle to stop that attack because fifteen minutes in that would have been one nil to Mainz. Oh yeah, that was 
That was that was one of the moments of the match. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like just saving it. It's so early in the game too, but that was no, it definitely such was such a huge tackle, and it was so awesome. And I think that kind of got people fired up too. I mean, players, I was fired up, obviously, but yeah. got people like the te- his teammates fired up, and to see him like hustle so hard, yeah, he was great. He's been great, and like you said, to solidify, to be the leader and solidify that makeshift back line, he's mm-hmm. been doing it so well, mm-hmm. and he's a player who I would love to keep because. It's also one that you see on out in the Twitter sphere that people are like, yeah. get him out of your cell. I mean, people want to sell everyone, but I would love to see him <laughs> yeah. stay, even if it's if his role is shifting to. Uh, um, it's looked like it's been shifting, or the majority of his career here at Dortmund has been more of like a center back than a defensive mid, yeah. you know, which was where he spent most of his career before that. Well, we talked last year, or not not last year. <laughs> we talked last week about center back depth, specifically mm-hmm. for next year. If Akanji goes, if Pongratis goes, well, he's I think he's gone because yeah. he's on loan. Um, Zagadu, they're all all Akanji, Zagadu, all question marks. Mm-hmm. Hummel's old, of course. Sule's coming in. Schlotterbeck, that's who we want, but nothing is yeah. certain yet. Um, so center back depth, I I think if if we do bring in that center, uh, like a center defensive mid, like we want. Which we should. That, that which, should definitely yeah, which be we on need my to first or second priority. I think we Chan is a lock to stay, and because he because he can do both roles. Like he can give us. Oh yeah, center uh, center D depth depth in both positions, mm-hmm. and he's been he's proved that he's been he's a leader and he's been solid and consistent, especially when we need him. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean he again. Yeah, he's organized very very well. You cannot argue that he hasn't made our back four look. Arguably more impressive than our best back four in the last two weeks. And, um, I mean, he makes boneheaded mistakes still. Don't get me wrong. He still has made some um, very unnecessary fouls and gotten himself into trouble at times, which that is is arguably his biggest weakness to his game, and that's what he needs to improve upon. But, my God, has he been impressive, especially in a back three. And I think he can really do well in that position of... You know, whoever we want to line up with, uh, with Sule and that back three as a third center back. But I think Chan could have a real shout there if, if Akanji leaves and Zagadu leaves, which is looking likely from both of them. Yeah. Um, how did you feel? So in this game, we also saw Reyna and Holland back. They came off the bench. How did you feel about them? Holland, well, I mean, we'll get into Holland in a bit because he's he he was really quiet this these past two games. Yeah. I can't think of much of things that he did. He missed a handful of opportunities and um, just doesn't really look that into it. You know, it doesn't look like his heart is really in this club at the moment. I think he's got his sights set on elsewhere, sadly. But, you know, I was very critical of Reyna for these past two games initially. And then I I went back and I rewatched these halves, and I actually think he did pretty decent. He held up the ball pretty well. He was able to have a handful of really nice dribbles and took on like three different players from Mainz and uh, three different players from Cone. I mean, how many countless set pieces did he whip in beautifully to set up the Witzel goal? I think he had at least two or three corners in the Cone game that were beautiful and Hummels could have put away or other players could have put away. Um, so Reyna, I mean, still room for improvement. You know, he's not um, really up to speed much. But he's definitely getting there. Yeah, I, I obviously I I'm a big Reina fan. Reina's a big reason, the kind of what got me on Dortmund, like as a Dortmund supporter mm-hmm. and fan, anyways. Um, so I'm a I'm a big Reina fan. Obviously, as Americans, we're big Reina fans. Excited that he's back in the U.S. men's national team roster. 
Hopefully he doesn't get injured. I am a little concerned there. Um, but I think to come in, and, and of course, he was injured for so long, we saw him finally come back and start and then get injured again in 25 minutes, which just pushed back yep. him even more. But to see him come in in this game, and I thought he looked good too. And one thing you have to keep in mind is how cr- crazy this season's been as far as the lineup changes and what style are we playing? Can you imagine how hard it would be for him who's been out so long to yeah. try to slot in and think, where am I supposed to go? Because it's when the team doesn't know what they're doing, like I can't, I, and I know a lot of his recovery time, he wasn't even, he wasn't in Germany. He went back to the States. Came, I guess I can say came back to the States. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, he's been so disconnected from the team almost. Now, obviously, they, they work him in and get him to learn the system, but it, what's the system? And it's changing all the time. So I think for him to come in and still play decent in in a spot where he, he might not know his exact role, and I know towards the last of the end of last season, too, he was kind of in and out. Yeah. Um, started this season with Rosa coming in immediately before he got injured, in and out. So it's I think for him to come in and, and play decent and not look completely lost is a positive thing. And he obviously made a positive impact. Yeah, he did make a positive impact. And again, he's only played eight league matches this game. That is not a lot of football since, you know, August. So yeah, all credit to him. I, I think he, I think he really set up a lot of our chances in both of these games. Um, but yeah, going into that second half at Mainz, it, it was already a pretty physical game. You mentioned before, if you look at our jerseys after either of these last two games, you could think we went through a bar fight. I mean, players' jerseys were ripped up. I know in the second match against uh, Cohn, uh, Bellingham's, or it might have been actually against Mainz that Bellingham Reina, got his. Reina had bo- his shorts on yeah. both both sides of his shorts were ripped. Reina's shorts were ripped. <laughs> Baina, or Jesus, Baina. Bellingham's boots were had that hole in the side, so he couldn't even use those. Oh, yeah. to get him a whole new pair. Yeah, they, but, they didn't even call. It was not a, even a foul. Yeah, it was, yeah. Boot ripped in half, pretty but, much. Anyway. Yeah, it became more physical. It was a pretty scrappy game, but once Holland came on in our 55th minute, I already mentioned again that he didn't have much of an impact, but our body language lifted. We looked like we were able, a little bit more comfortable going forward, and I, I would argue like 85% of the second half against Mainz, we were in their third. I, I was re-watching it earlier, and like, you know, there was a lot of stoppages, be it for injuries people getting you know heated or uh, substitutions you name it but I, I really do think we spent a lot it looked like at least 10 minutes at a time where we would just be in their third in their box and then they would clear and you know maybe get it out of the bounce or out of bounce kind of in the middle third to or our third but we push it right back in and pin them back in their box so I think a pretty decent second half again it's extremely t- difficult to go to Mainz and pull that off you know this is a team that is that is uh well-managed and well-disciplined and can stay compact and defend really well. You know, they were cutting our passing lanes a lot this game, but we were able to finally break them down. And as far as how strong they are defensively and at home, they've only lost one other home game all season. You know what? I was looking for that stat, but I forgot about (laughs) that's exactly what I was going to mention. So to, to go to Mainz and get three points is incredible. And I mean, no, it was it wasn't the the prettiest game, and I think how no. how up and down this season's been and the inconsistency. We we want to see us dominate. Us as fans want to see us dominate, but we gotta soccer soccer football. It's not always pretty. No, and some of those most important sometimes the most important wins are those ones where you can yeah, grind it out really and fight. Ones. And when you think of it, when you you take out the aspect of like how 
up and down the season's been and just look at it as a tough gritty road win three points like on the road in a tough atmosphere that that's you can't ask for anything more that's just oh, yeah. that's what you need and they got it done got the job done and it was great absolutely and i i know you're like a relatively new dortmund supporter but don't don't tell everyone yeah <laughs> But you can go back, look look through the past seven or eight years, and ha- look at ha- every single season how many points we dropped on these types of occasions. I mean, I could go back and look at under every single manager you could think of since Klopp, where we would just have these games where we're facing mid-table teams and consistently drop points. And, you know, you're looking back late April, early May, and you're going, wow, you know, if we had an extra three or four points that we didn't drop earlier in the season, we would be right there with Bayern Munich. And yet, every single season, we're dropping those points for no reason against those kind of teams. So, I mean, this is, this is in or Mainz was in fact a huge win. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's easy to get caught up in the, the want of to play really well and mm-hmm. play great attacking football and scoring a lot of goals. But yeah, you, you just have to like, remember how tough football football yeah. is. Yeah. And uh, how, how important those, those kind of wins can be and just take, take the three points when it's on the road. It's, it's not, it shouldn't, it's never going to be easy. No, absolutely not. And you know, the only time I could ever think back to where we were even close to this kind of, or had close to those kind of victories was in the eighteen nineteen season, which was, I believe, Favre's first year. But that's whenever Witzel was easily one of our best players that season. And he was able to really solidify our midfield and be a classic defensive midfielder. And he brought so much composure and was able to get you know so many interceptions and bring so much stability to our back four or three or you name it but that was the only really time where I could look back on and we were like neck and neck with Byron all season and that's because we got these crucial road wins or just wins in general against these mid-table teams that are the you know gritty physical you know 50-50 ball games you know mm-hmm. and I mean on the note of Witzel obviously that's how yeah we got, got this the win <laughs> uh we, we didn't even mention who would, who we didn't mention the goal but it came from Reyna uh Free kick from Reyna outside. I mean, it's pretty well outside the 18. Um, and oh, I yeah, do, it was it was close to their half. It almost yeah, like. it was pretty far out. And this was the 87th minute. Um, I, I guess how were you how were you feeling when we were, the clock is winding down? Did you think we were going to have any chance of breaking through? Yeah, I was starting to sweat a bit by like the 74th <laughs> minute. Honestly, I was like this 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 very well could look like a nail nail game. Both both teams are just you know really going for it, or at least Dortmund were, but. Um, you know, you don't know if you're going to pull that off with the attacking lineup that we had at the time. You know, there's Holland was back, but he wasn't looking up for it. And other than that, you weren't really having many players that are going to go and attack like that. So who would have thought whenever Reyna whipped that in, you see Witzel getting his boot on the end of that, man. Uh, yeah, it was Wicked. pretty wild. I, I will say on, on Holland, I know he, these last two games, he, well, it's weird for him to not score. He's, he's fallen below his goal per game um, ratio, which is, pretty wild um because you just he, he he just produces goals that's just what he does so maybe he's maybe if he wants to just bang in a hat trick or two the next couple of games to get that ratio back up that'd be great but even with him not playing well he's such a big presence uh for the defensive line it, it kind of opens things up and creates chances a little bit and leads to Vitzel having a little more space to to get that goal and that yeah. I mean, that ball by Reina was just it was a peach. Fantastic. It was an absolute oh, peach. I already so mentioned good. before, but it, that wasn't the only one that he whipped in either. Either of those games, he, he's he's uh, could very well be a new set piece taker for us. I would not be complaining at all. But 
Yeah, you mentioned Artie Holland not having that great of a game. I didn't think Malin did either. He mm-hmm. had some pretty poor decision-making. I've said time and time again that I think that's arguably his biggest weakness is his game is in his game is his decision making. He's got I think he's got plenty of the ability. You and I talk about him having those quick snapshots, you know, uh, every game and kind of getting robbed by the post, but I just think he makes these weird decisions at times. It's like, no, obviously you're not supposed to do that. I mean, his shot in the 65th minute, watching that back in slow motion, the one that went like completely out of play for a throw in, it wasn't even a goal kick. He was going with it like it with like the outside of his boot, and it just it looked completely unnecessary. I feel like if you put your laces through that or try to whip it in with the uh, inside of your foot, that's you're gonna have a much better chance at testing the goalkeeper and hopefully netting one. But yeah, Mullins definitely not his uh, best game either. Yeah. Um. Do you want to move on to Colm? Yeah. All right. So, uh, first, just want to shout out to the St. Louis supporters group or St. Louis fan club, Borussia STL. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to go watch the game at uh, Amsterdam Tavern. is like the big, it's a great soccer bar here in St. Louis. Weather was fantastic. It was a big it day. It was a There's, perfect day. There were so many games going on, too. So we're watching next to all the uh, Liverpool was playing in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. All those people were wild. Also, El Clasico was about to start. Uh, so it was, it, was a, it was a good day. It was a good day. I, I was feeling very positive going into this game. I was just really excited, too. This was my first, like, outing with them yeah. uh carver you've been like involved with them for a long time so this was my first time to go watch a game with the whole squad um and so shout out to them so it was really it was really cool had some beers carver had a veggie burger <laughs> there was a dog there there was a dog there can <laughs> confirm there was a good boy um, um yeah i mean <laughs> it was not a glitch carver and i are just so in sync yeah and we clearly don't know what to say, so we both just say, um, at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. No, but like I said, I was excited and looking forward to the game, not just with all those reasons, but I was, I think, coming off the last game, um, going to this one, I, I had some optimism. and seemed oh, yeah. like the title race was, was on, so I was feeling pretty good. Good. How, what were your thoughts? Two clean sheets in a row with that makeshift back four, and we really have some momentum building going into this one, so... I felt pretty good too. I mean, again, going to be a huge ass cone sit mid table. I think even above Mainz they're, at this point. They were. I know they're they're like on the verge of Europe. I know. Yeah. Uh, watching back highlights and that that's what they were talking about. It's like they have a. I think they had a chance to go sixth if they won, and uh, it was another away game for us. This was their their stadium. I think it was the first time they were back to full capacity. Yeah. So fifty thousand sellout. It, but I, w- I do want to say the away section for Dortmund was pretty nuts as well. I mean, not only oh, was yeah. it packed to the brim with flags and uh, looked like a lot of the ultras, but as well as, I mean, there were flares going on and everything. So you had that little slice of uh, home in the stadium, which is always nice. But yeah, I, uh, this game was, it was going to be a tough one. But at the same time, we also had a handful of players back. I mean, obviously you had Rafa Guerrero, Guerrero. You had Mats Hummels, who, I mean, was on the bench, but um, still in the squad. That's a huge ask. Holland starting. I mean, you name it. So, you know, you're finally getting some personnel back that we've been wanting to see for the majority of this season. And um, it was it was pretty disappointing that we couldn't pull off the win. This is one of the few games we didn't dominate in possession. I think we ranked like third in the league for possession at like 59 or 60 percent average every game but Cone looked like they had most of the ball and um 
you know, a rare moment in history also where we had troubles going, trouble going forward more than at the back. Again, a, a third game in a row where I think our defense played really, really well, but we just weren't really that clinical, and we missed a lot of great opportunities, And uh, sadly. Yeah, coming into this game, even I was expecting kind of the same back four. I didn't I didn't realize that Kanji was back. Maybe it's because we didn't do an episode in between, yeah. so we hadn't talked <laughs> about who's coming back. I was surprised to see Kanji in the lineup, but I was looking forward to the back line we'd been rocking, our makeshift back line. I'm like, yeah, let's... Bring him on. Let's do it. And then, yeah. uh, so the back, but we did see when they even announced the lineup, they had Schultz starting and he got a knock in the warm up. So we saw Guerrero uh, come back at left back. We had Akanji and Chan in the middle. Uh, Paslak, of course, Kobol uh, played in the goal. Uh, we had Witzel and Bellingham. Dahoud was out due to uh, yellow card, yeah, yellow card suspensions. Sus- suspensions. Uh, Reyna started. Uh, Wolf, Hazard, and like you said, Malin. Not Mullen. I'm so you saying Mullen up top. It's Mullen. Mullen and Mullen. Mullen back on top. Yeah, so you mentioned already that Dahoud was out for suspensions, and and he was, you know, really missed today. Dahoud was missed. Royce was really missed. Both of those players, I think, would have made a huge difference in a game like this. Someone in the middle that has that vision and is able to break those initial pressing lines of Cone and could make those, you know, one or two final passes in their third that could put chances away because at times we I think we were really missing those kinds of players. I mean, Reyna's terrific at linking up the defense and attack. Don't get me wrong. But again, we already mentioned that, you know, coming off of such a long injury and he's still getting into the swing of things. And also, I think some of his weaknesses to a game, his the game are kind of exposed in games like this. So you need a little bit more of the veterans and Royce and who to really help build those attacks. Yeah, it's been... How, how long is Royce out? Because... He's had an illness for like, you know, I looked up today, side note, I, I could not, but it shocked me. The last game that Royce played was in the 2-2 tie against Rangers back in like February. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it seems I, like he's been gone so long, but at the same time, I, it's like I'm expecting him to be out, but now it's like, wait, it's been so long. Like, where, where, where yeah. did he go? I still, I still have no, I, I've looked online to see what kind of illness he had and I couldn't find anything, but man, I hope he's okay because like, Usually, even like a bad illness is what maybe like a five or six day thing. Maybe I think that that's why I, I got confused. And because I remember hearing the original news, I'm not as con. I don't remember being as concerned as when we saw the news of Munier and Akanji so many times and everyone else. Yeah. Because I think it was so subtle. It's like, oh, he's got an illness and he'll be back next game. And it's like, wait, it's been, it's been a couple more games and he's still out. Like, where, where is he? Uh, were you surprised Hummels didn't start or? I, a little bit. What you and I also mentioned that whenever Schultz had that oh, picked up that knock, knock yeah. in, in warm ups, that Guerrero was able to start. And I was with you, and I looked at you, and I was like, I mean, if Guerrero can could have started to begin with, he probably what? should have started, right? Yeah. yeah. I know Schultz has has been in decent form, um, but I think if Guerrero has the fitness to play, then he should play. And same with Hummels. If if he was able to play already, I feel like we could have used him earlier. But yeah. Yeah, I think the Guerrero thing, I mean, obviously he's fit enough to play, and maybe I think they used him because they had to, but since since he has been out for a while, w- with that thought in mind, it was probably like, we'll, we'll give him 30 minutes at the end or uh, second yeah. half or something, and it's like, well, never mind, we have to use him completely. Hummels, though, so one thing to keep in mind with him, he he had COVID, so there's a possibility that he's still not 100%, like maybe his... 
I don't know, COVID can wreck your lungs a yeah. little bit. So yeah, if he's not feeling that. 100% to play a full game, like that was my thought there. So he, he might be able to come on for a little bit, but he can't manage a full 90. So, um, But, I mean, I was not mad to see Chan, and I still think Chan played well. Uh, he, oh, yeah. he had some okay. great like runs and passes through the middle too. And Again, bossing our defense. He was one of the best players on our, uh, on our squad that game. I think, hands down, he's really becoming a staple in our defense especially the past month or so. But uh, yeah, going back to also Rafa, I I think he's just, I mean, he just continues to have such a rough season. He's, he didn't really impress me much at all in this game. He looked like he was a little bit more in that attacking role, um, or at least kind of like in the left mid position, a little bit more than the left back at times. And that's what we've been wanting to kind of push him towards out because, you know, he's just not a defender. It's just simple as that. He's not a defender and, he had like a decent spell when he was under Favre for our first year with Favre because we we're such a defensive-minded team, or at least for Borussia Dortmund. Um, and he was able to kind of slot himself into that system a little bit better. But, you know, with Rosa just not putting much attention to detail on our defense for most games, I just Rafa's, Rafa's game just continues to suffer whenever he's playing further back in the, uh, the left-back position. But I don't know, even whenever he was attacking... This game, I just still didn't think he looked that great. I don't think he looked that sharp, and hopefully, it's just a matter of you know him coming off of COVID because I think this is arguably his worst year under us, in my opinion. I mean, injuries aside and everything, just him simply, you know, whenever he is playing. Yeah, has he played through the midfield before? I know that's something you've mentioned. Yeah, it, under different systems, I, whenever Tuchel was our manager, he played almost like a center mid at times, and he was you know a lot more pushed up the field, but. And that's I just think that's where he's at his best is more in the midfield rather than playing like a strict left back and a back four, you know. Do you think there's anything along the lines of, I know when they brought Schultz in, they were, had a little higher ex- expectations in what he's delivered. Do you think that's maybe since Schultz hasn't done what they wanted or bit, w- performed up to the level that they expected, mm-hmm. that's why they kind of, Guerrero has been, more in the back. I don't. I just don't know if if you have any like insight on that specifically, like why he's not much. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I wish I could tell you more, but I just I just think maybe he's just kind of going through a rough patch in his form this season. But yeah, I just hope he can continue to improve on his game. But um, we had, I mean, we had some other players that did end up playing decent though. I mean, Wolf scoring was it two and two and three games now, or yeah. three and three and four games? One of those two. I think he's got three goals on the season. Yeah. 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 Um and a brilliant finish with his Dude, left foot. I thought I'd turn to you when we were like celebrating when that goal goes in. It was like eighth minute or something. I mm-hmm. thought it was Holland. I from from the view on the TV and just the touch and the finish. I, I great perfect ball by Bellingham, which was amazing. Yeah. Another um, beautiful assist by Bellingham. That that man is just continues to put up every kind of stat you could imagine, yeah. really. But. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was a Holland goal, and I was yeah, thrilled for Holland to get one because I tweeted before the game. It was pretty Holland-esque. I mean, it was a beautiful yeah. first touch. Uh, he made a great run to initially get the ball and then to finish with your left. I mean, Volf is a right-footed right winger. And yeah, I kind of, for a second too, I mean, just initially, I thought that was like, was that Holland? I mean, and also, I'm talking <laughs> that, obviously, they look like such similar people, but... Yeah, Wolf had a good game. Again, now that he's slotting more into the right winger rather than the right back position, I think he can is starting to perform a lot better. And um, man, that his versatility alone going forward, I think, should be a, a staple of why we need to keep him as well. 
And not only can he play pretty much anywhere out wide, but he's also got just such a great work rate to, to be able to um, play on both sides of the pitch. But, yeah, I, I wish I could say we had much of that going into the second half. I know, I know we had, like, a decent start and came out to uh, look and score early. You know, we kept our energy up. But I think Cohn just kept taking the wind out of our sails, you know, whether it be the shithousery after a bunch of different bad calls by the referee or just, like, you know, being unnecessarily um, physical at times and, I think that was the game where they ripped up Jude's boot, if I'm not mistaken. I, mm-hmm. I, I got yeah. those two games. Yeah, it was this up, game. But. This was also the game where Reina's shorts on both mm-hmm. sides were ripped all the way up to his waistline, pretty much. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny that they got Jude a replacement pair of boots, but they couldn't get Gio a replacement <laughs> pair of shorts. It's like, you'd think that'd be pretty easy to go and grab from the locker room, but he does. I mean, he's going to take his pants off right there on the field on the <laughs> touchline. Take him <laughs> off. Take him off. In perfect English, um, <laughs> yeah. That so anyway, we yeah ended up just tying and pretty disappointing game from the team overall. Just I think, simply put, it wasn't good enough, especially from Holland. I mean, Holland had a handful of chances this game and missed opportunities, whether it be like in the fifty-fifth minute. Um, I know he was like robbed of a chance. I think around the seventieth minute. Yeah, he when had, it was, well, he had the one where he. Did break away through the middle, which looked like I the think second it was like chance. Chan to you. got um, fouled, and they like called it after oh, he yeah, got yeah. there, and they the didn't play, like, play the advantage. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, kind of disappointing. Had a, he did have another chance. I think it was before that where he was one on one with the keeper, and he should have put it away. Yeah. Uh, how? So we do. We have a Twitter question about Holland. I was going to ask it earlier, but it's more more tied okay. to this game. I think uh, at Ben Hal or Ben House on the note of Earl, uh, Holland, he said Erling looks lazy and has no ambition. Uh, he didn't deserve to play against Cole. Donnie was wrongfully benched. I I don't think he was lazy. I think he's always looked. I mean, if 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 he thinks he looked lazy that game, I I guess this person thinks Holland always looks lazy because you know he's not kind of the striker that's going to go and press a bunch like Aubameyang or anything like that. And um, but I I will give you he he kind of looks like he is lacking that ambition. I remember whenever he his first uh, year or so with us. I mean, just like the hunger that he had to always score and just constantly uh, yelling and screaming and sprinting everywhere to, um, you know, get a hold of the ball and uh, really put his foot through things and just rocket him whenever he had uh, shots on goal. But he just looks like he doesn't have that kind of drive, at least not as much. I think it's just a matter of everything that's else that's going around him off the pitch, you know? Yeah, I don't... Part of it for me is my my thought is just because he's been... So in and out, and although yeah, we're, also we're used to seeing yeah. him come in and, and score, like he he has no no issue for the most part. It seems like he has no issue doing that. We've talked about the Wolfsburg goal, which is in our intro, the big one. Holland's back, like he's never been away. Yeah. Um, and and just we've been expecting it. I don't know if it's maybe a, a confidence thing where he came back and he had some missed chances. Even that first one where everyone thought he should have put away, he thought he should have put it away, and yeah. maybe that. Uh, just brought him down a little bit, and he lost some confidence. I so on the note of Mullen, though, I we talked about it before. Mullen hasn't been that great either in the last last few games. Yeah, he hasn't been banging in goals. So I I don't agree with which. I mean, it only proves he's human. You know, yeah. he's he's been doing it for I don't know how long now, and being an incredibly uh, one of the best strikers in the in, in the world, really. So 
I mean, it's bound to happen that you're going to have some dips. So he's just, I just hope he can continue some sort of form going forward, which, you know, we'll preview Leipzig, but I think he's going to actually really come back and kind of show us what he's made of uh, going into April, our game on April 2nd at home. Yeah, I don't think he should be dropped. I think he needs to keep, he needs, he needs to be in the lineup. He should be starting. I think uh, it's going to come if through anything, eventually. If anything, Hazard should have been dropped for Mullen. I, I agree that Mullen probably should have played this game. I know he had a, a rough one before that, but I still think he's a player that should be getting uh, plenty of minutes and I would argue picked over Hazard. Were you uh, su- surprised that we didn't see Mullen coming sooner? Because Holland subbed out 87th minute. I am, I am. I, I wish he would have gotten more minutes, but he didn't do much with the minutes that he had, but... I mean, overall, it, we just weren't clinical in general. I don't think it yeah. really comes down to one or two players. Our, we just really uh, couldn't put away our chances. We had a handful of opportunities and just couldn't score. And our decision-making wasn't the best. Um, I think that cost us arguably the most. I mean, again, it was it was mistakes going forward, not really at the back. Yeah. I This game, so, I mean, obviously we could have we done more to win this game. Um, I am a little, I was so confused watching this game. When we started making subs, I don't know if you really took note of this, but the subs seemed to be all over the place. Granted, I mean, we used almost all of our subs, and I don't know who, who else you would have brought in, but some of the positional things, I, I was standing next to someone, I don't remember who it was, but at one point, someone subbed in, and I was, we were both like, I don't even know what what formation we're playing right now because I don't know where these subs are going and who's like... I mean, ha- yeah, half the time we don't know Rosa's tactics. I, I still have trouble myself but i think it, what you're talking about was never i think it was like Passlack coming off hummels, hummels came off for Passlack. uh Which, i think brant came on for guerrero mm-hmm. um i think mullen ended up coming in for hazard pongratich came on for i don't know there's it was all it was it was, it was pretty confusing which pongratich for and i think pongratich and rian uh rian oh my god oh, you're gonna <laughs> How long have I been in Dortmund? You really, you oh. really don't need to even re- remember Renier's uh, or Renier's name because not only is he going to be leaving soon, but he didn't do like anything since he's been here. I mean, the man's been here two years now, and I still have no idea what his qualities are. Um, so, but I think it was just a matter of Rosa f- throwing the kitchen sink because yeah, yeah. you kind of had nothing to lose at that point. I mean, you, you can lose the game, but it's only one less point, and it looked like already at that point, if you're going to tie, it was probably going to be a small chance you're going to be able to catch Bayern anyway. So We had another Twitter question since we touched on Rose's playing style and tactics mm. from Tom uh, at TommyR344. Are you convinced by Rose's playing ta- style and tactics? My answer to that is I have no idea what his playing style or tactics are, so no. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think what well, he, he said in an interview a few weeks back that there hasn't been a single game all season that you can really – you know, give an identity and show this is Borussia Dortmund under Marco Rosa. So, I mean, I think I think we're going to have to wait an entire season to see. And that sucks to say, but, you know, you just kind of have to go some of the, through some of these rebuilding phases. And um looks like this season was one of them. I mean, we, we were pretty cursed from the get-go with the injuries and the bad cup kits. <laughs> so, um am I convinced... I, I guess not, but at the same time, I don't think we've really seen a game yet where we can, like a single game where we can really, um, you know, point to and say this is the football that we're, go- we're supposed to be playing. You could argue like the first half against Freiburg, but that's one half. It's, you know, soccer is, or football is 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it multiple times. You don't want to 
use anything in a, as an excuse. You don't want to use injuries as an excuse, but it is, it's it's a genuine issue that he's had to deal with. We talked about it before. Yep. It's like he he honestly has half the squad that he thought he was going to have coming in because with how many how consistent the injuries have been, it's just been wild. Which on that note, that's kind of our next point. Yep. Um, we got news about a couple more injuries. I guess the Schultz one isn't as surprising because we found out that he was out just before that game. But then we also got word that Passlack both is out for, injured too for a few weeks. So. Yeah, at least a few weeks. Which is just it's it's beyond it's beyond comedy at this point. Um, did you do you want to take a guess that in twenty twenty two alone? Sorry, in twenty twenty two alone, how many injuries that we've had? Want to take a guess? Is it more than ten? Like like missed like missed at least a game, not just like a quick you know knock and left training early or something like that. Like missed at least one game. You said at least ten. 10. Yeah, yeah, it's twelve. <laughs> Seven of the seven of which were starters just in 2022. So, and like just in this the last three year, months, a dozen injuries. Seven of them are starters. I mean, that's just which, it, which proves the point. Rosa hasn't been able to implement anything because all he's trying to do is makeshift or, everything, and yeah, or at least implement much. And it's just it's funny that we're sitting here right at the end of March, almost beginning of April, and at what where were we sitting here in November saying like you know i th- i think our luck can uh, really turn around these next few weeks and by the time 2022 runs around the, the stats around, are against us we're going to have more injury we're going to yeah we're <laughs> and just all this shit happens it's again beyond comedy i and 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 you know it's and a handful of them they're out for so goddamn long too i mean thomas munier is out till like late may uh, Zagadu, I can't imagine, is going to be back in the coming weeks. Tigas is out for God knows how long. Uh, Mokoko's injury got pushed back. Holland had like a month and a half thing. Yeah. It doesn't end. It does not end. So as far as a right back, what, Chan going out to right back? So yeah, maybe. I would, I, I, well, this, if, I guess if Hummels is, can it, come back in. Yeah, it, it bleeds into our preview next week for Leipzig, but I would put in Chan as a right center half in the back three and i'll just yeah. leave it at that no yeah. spoilers and i mean on a we, we know people are going to be out for a while so it's i was going to say on a positive note we got some time off to rest because we have international break but really we know these people are going to be out for a, a while um but i mean we'll just jump into we'll, we'll just jump into the preview i mean we're gonna so we are going to be back next week we're on the international break so our next game is until april 2nd mm-hmm Hopefully no one gets injured on the international break. We do have quite a few guys going out. I'll run through these before we quickly talk about Leipzig. Um, okay. Which, I mean, we mentioned we're going to be back next week to give a real preview about Leipzig. Yeah. So maybe we'll just run through these. So uh, we have n- nine first-team guys going out, and then plus we have a guy on the U-20s who's... I'm, I'll, put, I'll put money right now that there's going to be at least one knock. I'll put money on it. From someone oh. in the, from the international break is going to pick up a two-week knock. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the stats, the odds are against us. So, <laughs> Reina, I am excited to see Reina in USA. Which USA's got some knocks too, so they're gonna need Reina. It's not yeah. like he's gonna play a small role; like he'll be playing. So US or USA does have a few big games in this window. Taking on Mexico Thursday night. Uh, then they have a must-win game against Panama on Sunday. Then they play Costa Rica next Wednesday. So big games there. Um, Guerrero is playing for Portugal, who are in a like a knockout group. Yep. Against playoff uh, group. Serbia now. Uh, they're playing Turkey on Thursday. If they win and say Italy win, Italy's in the same pool. So 
either Italy or or Portugal, or maybe both of them aren't going to make it to the World Cup, which is insane. It is insane, given that the personnel that Portugal have. I mean, they've become one of the wettest teams in Europe uh, on paper these past few years. I mean, pick a position, and they have one of the best players in Europe, hands down. So, yeah, Guerrero, they, their big game... Uh, is on Thursday. They take on Turkey. If you want to watch that, Bellingham is uh, got called up for England. Although they're already through the World Cup, so they're just playing a friendly against Switzerland. We got a couple guys playing for Switzerland. So and they play Saturday. Of course, we have Kobol and Akanji for Switzerland. Is Sommer is the Swiss's number one keeper, right? So yeah, yeah saw Kobol might get. He might. I mean, he's gonna, he's going to be taking over that role here pretty soon. Sommer's yeah. well into his thirties, so. So England, Switzerland play on Saturday. Malin is up for the Netherlands. They also have a friendly versus Denmark on Saturday. Holland for Norway, also a friendly. It'll be uh, a good opportunity for both of those attackers to pick up some confidence and yeah. form. Um, versus uh, Slovakia on Friday is Norway. Pongracic is going to be out with Croatia, if you care to watch them at all, against Slovakia on Saturday. Um, and Hazard is going to be with Belgium, another friendly, uh, ne- not till next Tuesday. So kind of the... if. It is a bummer. I I much prefer at this stage when it's all friendlies. When it's all friendlies in group stages, it's not as exciting. Of course, I'm hyped for USA, but I I like waking up on my Saturday and Sunday mornings and watching football. So, oh yeah, but there there is you, you can catch a lot of our guys. There's going to be some good good stuff to watch uh, over the next week. Um, but yeah, then the next dorming game is not till April second versus Leipzig. Yeah, which we will preview next week. Yeah, maybe we'll give a little recap of how the uh, guys did internationally. Yeah, yeah. If, there's any, if there's any standout performances, we'll we'll probably talk on that. Yeah, so. absolutely. We're not. We don't just have U.S. listeners. We got some international listeners. So, but I don't know where from. I'm not gonna pull it up and go through everything. But yeah, we'll 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 talk. And hopefully, hopefully, we're gonna come back and the news isn't. Oh, Reina got injured again. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, it's just all positive. Filling them out until mid September. <laughs> But yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Again, you can find us uh, wherever you want to listen to podcasts uh, on all the podcast places, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can even find us on YouTube all by searching the BVB podcast. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. Please reach out, give us a follow, say hi at the BVB pod. If you want to, uh, you can also email us the BVB pod at gmail.com. My name's Jake Carver. Thanks for hanging with me, as always. Always a blast. And here's to a healthy, safe international break. Everyone, cross your fingers, dot your eyes, go to the Vatican if you need. Yeah. I don't know if this is real wood. But. <laughs> All right. He's knocking on my head. That's what you guys can hear right now. He's currently punching me. All right. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.